Good morning. It is Thursday, August 29th, and you're listening to the College Football Daily, dedicated to catching you up on and breaking down the day's college football news, all within 15 minutes or fewer. My name is Trey Scott. Today, I'm joined by CBSSports.com college football writer Barton Simmons. Barton, bringing you in because we've got some massive news of the injury variety that dropped Wednesday morning. Alabama junior linebacker Dylan Moses suffered a torn ACL in practice and is out for the year. A preseason All-American who led the Tide with 86 tackles in 2018, Moses was probably the preseason favorite for the Buckus Award as the most important player on that side of the ball for Bama, who already lost fellow starting inside linebacker Joshua McMillan. So now it's time for multiple freshmen to fill the void. Barton, this is Alabama's nightmare. Yeah. Nightmare. Yeah. I, I think it, I think aside from quarterbacks, this is probably the single most critical player in college football because of what he plays on the team he plays it and the stakes that are going to be um, there in, in, in the games that are going to be meaningful there for Alabama and, and it's, you know national titles, SEC titles, those sort of things. And Dylan Moses is you, – when you look at Alabama play last year, he's the communicator, he's the leader of that defense. He was going to be integral to their success this year because of his ability to – Get guys lined up. He was probably going to be playing alongside him. Mean, he was. Um, Saban confirmed it this morning. I mean, Christian Harris is going to start. Christian Harris has been playing linebacker for two months. He's a true freshman that enrolled in the summer and just started playing linebacker, was a cornerback in high school. Dylan Moses was going to be critical to sort of uh, being a safety net for Dylan Moses out there on the field. Now, it's kind of what's it's wild, but they're they're going to have two true freshmen starting Shane an inside Lee, linebacker. Shane Lee, Shane Lee's the other, the other one. So uh, I just think this is for for an offense or for a defense, um, and they're going to be good. I mean, they're going to be win all the games they they're supposed to win. Really? Yeah, I think they're still going to be. This is not suddenly you know make Alabama vulnerable to to lose to like Tennessee or or you know, but. Oh, I was thinking like for an LSU. No, that, an, that's okay. what I'm saying. Okay. I think that's a different deal. LSU, maybe Auburn, Georgia in the SEC championship game, and certainly the playoffs. All of that now, I think, is very much, yeah, I think it's fair to say, like in doubt. Um, and I mean, it was, it was probably in doubt before, but this is, I think, uh, I mean, obviously we're all going to learn, we're all going to watch how quickly that linebacker core grows, but we're talking about just even if they were stacked at linebacker, Dylan Moses was maybe the most important player on the defense. Uh, and now, as thin as they are, this was just the position they just couldn't lose. And so this is going to be fascinating to see what you know what's next for I, Alabama's defense. Yeah, I think that's worth hammering home is how big of a deal this is because of the position where it comes at. Alabama linebacker depth has been an issue for the last few seasons. And when Joshua McMillan went down with an injury a few weeks ago, Travis Ryer of Bama Online said, well, now they need Dylan Moses to be Rolando McClain, as in the 2009 superstar on Bama's defense who covered up a lot of possible issues. Barton, if you had to redo your national title pick, which right now is Alabama over Clemson, does this make you how, – how much does this make you rethink that? Honestly, it does. It really does. I think I have more confidence now in – you know, maybe Clemson or Georgia being a safer bet. Um, I mean, this is we're all projecting without seeing anyone play a down of football. Uh, but I do think that this, I mean, I think you can, I mean, this opens the door 
I think for 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 big plays that we're watching on the field and not even realizing that the the reason for that big play was someone was in the wrong gap, a defensive lineman wasn't lined up right. There was some miscommunication um, in the front and and things that we might not with the naked eye be able to tell. Like that would have been a Dylan Moses play, but but just I think that it's it's a it's a looser uh, operation I think without Dylan Moses in there and so. It, it really does. I think. Uh, I mean, look, Alabama is certainly still capable of winning the national title, but I think this ha- is has a meaningful impact on uh, uh, on their chances. Talk to me real quick about the true freshman you are going to step in for him now. Well, sh- well, Christian Harris is a unbelievable athlete. He is he played cornerback, returned kicks, wide receiver in high school, um, and played in the Army All or the All American Bowl. Mm-hmm. And was playing inside linebacker for the first time there and was instinctive and everything you wanted him to be physical. So I really, truly believed he was going to be a superstar. I am surprised he is trending to be a superstar year one. I mean, Nick Saban, of all people, who doesn't you know talk, and it, not, it was hyperbole, but Nick Saban was comparing him saying, you know, Rolando McClain, C.J. Mosley, um, Dante Hightower, those are the guys that start as true freshmen inside linebacker at Alabama. And Christian Harris is now the next up there. And so I think he's going to be a first-round draft pick kind of guy. But can he be that? But, I, but this year is the big question. New to the position, learning the position, um, taking his lumps along the way. Learning how to like communicate with a defense, like coach that up on that side of the field. Yeah, too. he's just got to learn just just the true just the just any position as a true freshman, just uh, adapting and learning a scheme. He's got to learn that scheme and understand a whole new position that's in the middle of the whole game. And so, um, I mean, he's just going to be really interesting to see how he develops and what happens. Shane Lee, conversely, very different athlete. He's a straight line. Um, very physically imposing, thumping kind of guy, um, and and I think he, and he's experienced at linebacker and probably uh, has a, a little more a little more equipped on the middle side of things just based on that experience, but not like nowhere near the space player of a Christian Harris and certainly of a Dylan Moses too. So um, while while Shane Lee was a four star recruit and talented guy, uh, I mean that that is that is not ideal. To have those two guys, you know, maybe a Christian Harris, I could buy him being a stud by the end of the year. But for for his running mate to be another true freshman, um, hey, there, there's teams with a lot worse than that. Uh, but but it's it's not ideal for yeah, Alabama. You're talking about guys who over the summer would have been considered numbers three and four on the depth chart. This is just bad news for Bama. It's bad news for Dylan Moses because this is this is probably it for his college career. He's you know going to rehab and go off to the NFL. So. In a way, this is sort of you almost have to write the Alabama career obituary for Dylan Moses, who's one of the most famous recruits of all time. Appeared on the cover of ESPN the magazine when he was like 14. S- certainly a great player for for two years at, in Tuscaloosa. Oh sure, and I mean this was going to be the. I mean as we see in Alabama's defenses so often, I mean these guys sort of take these because there's so many other stars. There's only so much room for you on the field, uh, and. Freshman year, we got a little taste. Second year, he started to really emerge as one of the leaders of that defense. And this was going to be the year where Dylan Moses was going to absolutely, I mean, take college football by storm in a way. I mean, and, and so it's a, 
you know, it's just disappointing as a college football fan. We don't get to see that. Certainly disappointing from an Alabama fan standpoint. Um, but he's going to, if he does, uh, you know, I would assume he would probably go to the NFL. Uh, and I, I would assume he's probably still going to be a first or second round draft pick. Uh, he was going to blow up the combine. That, that's, that's not going to happen anymore, I would imagine. Um, but he is, he is a rare, rare athlete. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to talk about tonight's football games. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. All right, Barton, let's talk about something a little bit sunnier. We've got some good games on tonight. I've targeted three to discuss. We're going to start... At 6 o'clock Central on ESPN, you got to leave work early to catch this one, UCLA at Cincinnati. Cincinnati is a two-and-a-half-point favorite. UCLA had three wins last year. Kind of feeling like you're going to try to try to pick the Bruins, though. I don't know. I'm not asking for your pick, but I would love for you to break this game down quickly. Uh, well, look, 11-2 uh, and two versus 3-9. 11-2 beat 3-9 and nine the year before, uh, and it's a tight line. So, obviously, this is a game where on paper you would expect Cincinnati to win. Um, but I do, I really think that what's, what's going to be fascinating about this game is sort of tracking the development at UCLA year over year. I think my, my, my take on UCLA is this is not the flashy, sexy, like overnight fix um, to where you're, you're trying to envision what, you know, Chip Kelly recreating Oregon. This is, a extended play of finding guys that love football, coaching them up, developing within the program. This is year two of Dorian Thompson Robinson at quarterback. I just think UCLA is going to be really improved year over year. The coaching staff, um, you know, maintain some continuity. Uh, they return 19 starters. So how improved are they? How quickly are they improved? Is this a dramatically different team? Is this just a slightly uh, different team? Meanwhile, Cincinnati, I mean, they got – uh, Desmond Ritter is a, is a really good freshman quarterback. Michael Warren, one of the best group of five running backs in the country. He's an NFL back. Um, they're still really good. Luke Fickle is proving he's one of the best coaches in the country, probably regardless of classification. I think the one, if you if there's a concern here for Cincinnati, to me, it's that I just look at their defensive linemen last year, Cortez Broughton, Marquise Copeland, um, Kamani Fitz. Like those three guys – I think was one of the better defensive line units you would find anywhere in the group of five. And so I'm, uh, I, I am interested to see if they can slow down that UCLA running game uh, with a kind of a revamped defensive line. It's a conversation for our 24 seven sports college football show on Facebook. Cause I don't really want to like get into it with you here, but I, I, I'm a little interested that you would think that Chip Kelly's goal is to like find guys who love football rather than like turn them into Oregon 2.0 because that's what I thought they were going to do. I thought they were going to become Oregon 2.0. I didn't realize that Chip Kelly was like some you know gruff Jeremy Pruitt type coach who just <laughs> wants guys who love football. Uh, Clemson versus Georgia Tech. Clemson's something like a 37 and a half point favorite. That's at seven o'clock Central on the new ACC network. Does, is Clemson going to cover this? <laughs> I, I mean, it would. 
It would seem to be unlikely to me, given they've got Texas A&M next week. What's their motivation? They're going to score a lot of points. I mean, why? What are they going to? They should be able to handle uh, Georgia Tech fairly easily. Not only that, but Georgia Tech in the first go round with uh, Jeff Collins, who is a guy that is very much about. Oh, I don't know. Uh, first impressions probably mean a lot to him. You know, I, I think that he is the type of coach that is going to be playing well into the fourth quarter. Every possession matters. Hey, if they're down 42 and they're driving, you know, they're not going to settle. Uh, they're going to try to score and finish a drive just just to sort of as a teach, teaching moment. So this that strikes me as a pretty big number, a tough number to cover. Um, but but look, we know what what Clemson's going to be. I don't know how much we can really learn about Clemson unless they look bad for, for some reason. But we're going to learn a lot about Georgia Tech and just how far away they are, how close they are, how different they look not running the triple option, uh, and do they even look competent just installing a totally new system uh, this quickly? So uh, it's going to be an interesting game, more so on the Georgia Tech side to me than the Clemson side. Yeah, so Dabo's got two natties. He's got a lot of guys sent off to the NFL. He's got the slide. He doesn't have a Heisman yet. I kind of have a feeling Clemson's going to cover games this year. I think Trevor Lawrence is going to put up big numbers. They came close to the Sean Watson. I kind of feel like they want a Heisman for T-Law. All right, last one. It's a late one. I doubt you're going to stay up for it, but uh, you got a lot of kids. But number 14, Utah. Oh, I'm staying up for this one. Are you? No, no doubt. This one's going to be fun. I'll check in with you at midnight. All right. Number 14, Utah is a six-point road favorite at big-time rival BYU. That's at 915 Central on ESPN. So BYU is a preseason Pac-12 favorite. Yeah, well, Utah is. That's what I meant. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, this is like... Yeah, I, and I'm, they're they're my pick to win the Pac-12. I think they win the South. I think they win the conference. Uh, I think that they like I could see eleven and one type of season this year for Utah, and and yet, even though BYU has been down the last couple of years, this is a tricky game. This is a rivalry game. It's always close. BYU was up twenty-seven or. Uh, 20 to nothing, 27 to nothing last year. Utah came back and won. Um, it, it's a, it's just one of those rivalries that's got so much emotion. These guys know each other. Um, I, it, it's always close. I think it's going to be a really fun game. I also think that BYU, like, look at BYU's schedule in the season. They got this game at home on a Thursday night to open the season. They go to Tennessee. Then they got USC at home. Then they have Washington at home. I'm just telling you, those four games, BYU is too good not to knock someone off along the way. Like they, they're not going to go zero and four. No, I don't think they are. So who's like who's it going to be? Like every one of those is going to be brutal. Is it Utah? This which which is a rivalry game totally throws off everyone's expectations for Utah. Is it Tennessee who's got to find every win they can playing in the SEC, or is it Washington or USC? USC's got a brutal slate too. Like if if USC loses that one to BYU, that could be part of like a two and four start for them. And then Washington, obviously, I mean, they they have always have high expectations. So I just think with this BYU team, Zach Wilson, when he took over at quarterback, it really shifted things for that team. An athletic guy that can make plays with his legs. They returned 17 starters. Um, and then we, we know what Utah is, right? I mean, I've been touting what they are in terms of just this good quarterback, good running back, loaded defensive line, and a talented secondary 
I think this is going to be a fun game. If you're looking for a macro storyline, I'll say this. Say UCLA loses. Say Utah gets knocked off. Arizona lost last week to Hawaii. Oregon's got a marquee game versus Auburn on Saturday. It's true. The Pac-12 could be taking some lumps this week. Um, thanks, Martin, for joining us. That's going to do it for today's episode of the College Football Daily. If you enjoyed what you heard, make sure to leave us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts and tell a friend to check us out. For Barton Simmons, I'm Trey Scott. We'll see you bright and early on Friday for the next edition of the College Football Daily.